Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm here to talk about a film that I have been very excited to see and review for a while now, and that is The Suicide Squad. So this movie follows supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell Riv Prison who join the super-secret, super-shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. So this film is one that I have been excited for since it was announced. Uh, James Gunn being at the helm of a Suicide Squad movie just sounds perfect. Uh, This is about that time when... Uh, Disney fired him for the whole like deleted tweets being resurfaced where he said offensive jokes or something. I don't know. I always thought that was bullshit even at the time. And I still do now. So I'm very glad that they uh, they rehired him and he's back on Guardians 3 and everything. But at that time when they fired him and, you know, he kind of had that little bit of fall from grace. Uh, he was pretty quickly back on his feet because DC scooped him up immediately. And when the news came out that he was going to be writing and directing the next Suicide Squad movie, I thought that was a perfect idea. I mean, you just say that sentence and it's just like, yeah, that's perfect. Like, I can't wait for that. And uh, between that and the Batman, I thought this would be like a really, really awesome uh, DC movie uh, season for, you know, this this year would be a really good year for DC movies. And then when the Batman got moved, I was like, all right, looks like we're all systems go for the Suicide Squad. And because we weren't getting anything else from DC this year, uh, besides, I guess, Wonder Woman 84. Wait, no, that was last year. Uh, yeah, I was right the first time. Because we weren't getting anything else from DC this year, that made me even more excited for this. And as the trailers came out and everything, I just was so excited. I mean, it just looked really, really awesome. And I think that's 100% in spite of the first one, because I hate that movie. Uh, I think it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And that sounds like I'm overstating and and kind of exaggerating, but I genuinely don't think I am. It's nonsensical. It's really poorly edited. The characters are completely non-characters. They are sentences on screens, and they're brief montages, and they just aren't fully-fledged people. And you don't connect with them. They don't do a good job of doing justice to their powers and individual skill sets. The Joker is laughably laughably bad. The villain of the actual film that they're going after is not threatening, and it's just a vague, stupid, uh, weird guys with bubble eyes, and she's doing like hula dances, and there's a big blue light in the sky, and I... It's awful, and I actually wanted to re- review it for this because I figured, you know what, eventually I'll I'll get to it someday. Might as well be now, and you know it'll tie into the new one and everything. Uh, I I didn't really want to watch it again, but I kind of had to for the review, and yeah, I made it about halfway through, and then I turned it off because it's just terrible, and I didn't want to watch it anymore. And I also didn't want to like confuse people with two episodes with basically the same name coming out right next to each other. So I just decided to scrap it and say to hell with it. I'll give a brief review of it in the beginning of this one so that I can more effectively contrast it with uh, the new one. And that's it. You know what? That's as much of a review as that first one is getting because it is truly abysmal. I genuinely think that there is no defense for a movie being that bad with such a massive studio behind it and so many talented actors behind it. It's just, it's inexcusable, but that is, that's all to say that I think this movie is an improvement in quite literally every way imaginable. That's literally my first note. 
uh, immediately a better movie than the first one. I'm pretty sure I typed that in 30 seconds into the film. <laughs> because right off the bat, it's colorful, it's creative. There's not 85 million licensed songs. There's um, there's personality. These characters are are getting development. They're funny. The, there's there's lights on. It's not just dark and drab. Um, for real though, the licensed songs one was one of the ones that really got me. There is maybe four or five in this movie. There's like 20 in the first movie. You get like a song per minute in that god awful opening. And I was just so excited to see we're hitting the ground running. We're getting into this mission. There's no bullshit narration. Uh, and then there's just they're setting up so much stuff about this world so quickly. And you're really getting like a, a feel for for how the people in this world uh, interact. And like the there's like a, it feels like you're a fly on the wall of something that's been around for a long time. And you're just seeing a little piece of it. It doesn't feel like the the characters were like, you know, created yesterday. And there's not that much like about them. There's not that much detail to the world they inhabit. There is. I love the touch of the Deadpool that the um, like the workers at Argus are betting on. Uh, it's uh, like just it looks so good right off the bat. All the costumes are so colorful. Everything pops uh, the way it's shot. It just it looks like a comic book. The colors like they really, really make this film have a very unique look. That's all its own. It looks like drawing in a lot of shots. And I love that it was just so bright and like poppy and fun. It's just so much more pleasing to look at than a lot of the previous DC movies, which are pretty much all dark blues and grays. This really broke that mold. And I really, really liked that. And then it also has really creative kind of comic book-like transitions, and I like that too throughout the whole movie, the way that they transition between different sections of the films, the way they kind of jump back in time and stuff. They just do it with such a creative edge that's so much better than just like a big block of text on the screen, and then we cut to the next scene. It's like integrated into the film, and it does it's done so very well. I thought that was an amazing touch. Uh, also, like all of my reviews, uh, there's going to be full spoilers on this one. Uh, I, you know, if you listen to me for a long time, I feel like that kind of goes without saying. But in this one, it is particularly important because pretty much past the five minute mark, I can't really talk about too much. So just that's a that's a warning. Um, I am going to spoil the rest of the movie. So uh, I implore you to go see it. It's it's really, really good. And then you can come back and listen to the rest when every single person pretty much on that ship dies. I was, I mean, uh, some of them, I was a little bit disappointed. Like when Captain Boomerang's got like all the sticks in his face and then he, he gets blown up by the helicopter. I was like, oh no, I wanted to see more of him. But the fact that they pull such a bait and switch on you that you are set up to think like, this is the team or at least part of it. And they're, they're all going in and you've seen all the stuff in the trailers and on the posters and stuff. And it's like, okay. So this is, uh, you know, this is like what we're going to be working with. We're going to be working with at least some of these characters. And then all of them die except for Harley and Rick Flagg. I was so honestly excited because, look, the first one, I'm sorry, I have to keep comparing them, at least for a little bit of this. It just really brings into focus how much better this idea is done in this movie. 
that is not a suicide squad. Those characters are quote unquote expendable, but none of them die except for the one that didn't get an introduction and you didn't get any backstory about him and he wasn't read out in the original lineup of the team. And he dies very quickly and with little to no to do about it. And it's very obvious from the jump that this guy is going to die. This does such a much more better job of conveying the idea that these are expendable. We're sending these people in because we don't care about what happens to them. And if they die, so what? We'll just replace them with, with more villains. Like, that was so well done in this movie. And... I love that you get that feeling right off the jump. And it also heightens the stakes pretty quickly. It makes you feel like no one is safe. You know, when King Shark is getting, you know, the shit eaten out of him by the, uh, by those piranha fish things. And they're all like going after him and he's getting really bloody. And then the building's starting to fall down. I was like, no, 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 please don't kill King Shark. I really liked him. But the fact that I felt like he could die that really would not happen in a lot of other movies. And even you get to the whole way to the end and you think like, okay, this core team is probably going to survive. And then Peacemaker, he doesn't die as of the post credit scene. I thought he did at first and I thought that was going to be really cool, but I still appreciate that they committed to severely injuring him. But then Polka Dot Man does die. I thought for sure he was going to make it out and he just has his big triumphant moment and then he killed pretty quickly like i loved the fact that this movie really makes you feel like no one is untouchable no one has plot armor on them they're gonna kill a large portion of the characters that you meet and you're just gonna have to keep going with the mission and just be okay with that and i just thought that was an amazing uh, amazing idea and it just uh, heightens the stakes so quickly i thought that was really really well done uh, it's also really gory and that's super awesome. I love that this has a hard R rating and that because it's humorous, you can do a lot of really funny and like ridiculous deaths that just are totally implausible, but they are fun to watch in kind of like a 90s slasher sort of way where you're trying to be like, what's the stupidest way we could kill someone? And then they kind of do that. One of my favorite scenes of that was, um, when Bloodsport and Peacemaker are competitively killing people, uh, they're <laughs> doing the blow darts. The dude shoots, he shoots the TV or whatever that falls in the bathtub. <laughs> like they're doing all these really ridiculous kills and it's hilarious. And then you get to the part where you realize they just killed the entire force, but in the freedom fighters, like this isn't the right army. They got the good guys. <laughs> so funny. It was the funniest. It was one of the funniest parts of the movie. This movie had me laughing out loud a lot. Like pretty quickly, I was, I I was laughing a lot. Like very early on into the movie, and it's it's just it's very well written. It's very clever. Uh, there's a few jokes I feel like kind of drag too thin. Um, like the the polka dot man's mom gag is it's not that funny, but the the movie seems to think it is. Um, there's certain ones like that where I kind of wish like, okay, we, we don't really need to we don't really need to be doing this again. But for the most part, by and large, I thought the jokes were very well written and that the movie was overall pretty, pretty damn funny. Um I love the way that uh they play with uh, reflections in this also that's kind of a random note but um i feel like there is a scene sort of around this part where they they have that um maybe not 
I don't know. But uh, there's there's like three big big ones that I wrote down where they do really cool reflection reflection shots. Um, the like when you see the very first shot is a reflection of a puddle, and then uh, there's like the one of Bloodsport looking at his daughter through the window, and then that kind of like racks focus to, to focus on him. Uh, there's a whole fight that's pretty much reflected on Peacemaker's helmet. I thought that was really cool. Um, there's a lot of very creative filmmaking choices in this, and he does a really good job of just making this look very, very good. There's a lot of very well-composed shots in this, and there's a lot of just visual touches that make it look so much cooler than just a very standard movie. For instance, one of my favorite scenes in the entire film was Harley's escape, because not only is it Harley Quinn being a total badass and... Um, you know, proving that she doesn't need anyone else's help and getting out before they even get in to try to help her. It looks awesome. And it is just like such a, a nice, unique visual touch that I really appreciated. And that was also probably some of the best action in the film. I thought that was incredibly well choreographed. And I really, really enjoyed that scene. Uh What's next? Uh, Character-wise, I think this is one of the major things that this uh, has a leg up on over the first one. And that is that these characters are actual characters. Now look, this is kind. there's kind of a complaint wrapped up in here too. I want to start with the positive though. There is so much more done with these characters in like the first half hour than there is done with the other um with the characters in the first movie in the entire film they just do a much better job of integrating little things about their their personalities and the lives that they've had before this and a lot of them have um pretty strong and kind of impactful arcs i never expected to care this much about polka dot man of all people but the way they implement the past trauma with his mother and the um the body horror of having all those dots like that, you know, he, they're his power, but they're also his curse. The way that that's done visually and the really sad and somber nature of him having to, you know, manage that condition. It's really well done and it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to watch. It's gross and it definitely makes you feel really bad for that character and empathize with him. Uh, there's stuff like when they're going on the bus and then when they get into the bar and stuff, there's a lot of just good banter and character building moments between them. And I really liked in particular uh, Ratcatcher 2. I thought she was a very uh, likable character. I really like that brief Taika Waititi cameo and how he kind of explains the reason for why they are, you know, like rat people, like the why, why, why rats, uh, why not another animal? I thought that was well done too. There's just so much stuff in this movie that is, you know, it's not like a crazy deep character study or anything, but it is a lot more than a lot of similar movies of this ilk. And it is done a lot better than I think a lot of those. And so I just really appreciated that. I think you get just enough. It's sometimes funny. It's sometimes sad. It's sometimes effective. Uh, and it's sometimes, you know, like actually a little bit emotionally impactful, but it's all, it's all fun to watch and it all flows very well. And it's just, uh, it's just pretty well written. Now, I think the only thing that I will say is that sometimes these characters don't necessarily stand out that much. Um, Bloodsport is basically the same thing as Deadshot from the first one. And um, Peacemaker and Bloodsport, they have very similar powers and stuff, while their characters are very differently motivated. And I love the fact that they eventually came into conflict. And that when you have a bunch of big egos and, and supervillains in a team, they're eventually going to butt heads. And that 
conflict could become deadly. These are trained killers. I like that a lot. That's something that's not really explored in a lot of other interpretations of this uh, this team. And I really appreciated that they found time for it here. That was some of my favorite stuff towards the end of the film. However, I mean, stuff like Rick Flagg, um, the, the thinker, uh, you know, they're not exactly like the most vibrant or that like really interesting characters uh, king shark he kind of steals a lot of the scenes that he's in but that's just because he's funny that's not because he has like a lot going on or you really connect with him as a character he's just cute and funny and it's definitely not something that reaches the levels individually or together that a team like the guardians does where you can remember every one of those characters and you can probably quote some of their lines and you connect with them all in a different way you know you connect with the love story between peter and gamora you can with peter's past and gamora's struggle to fight against uh the the horrific conditions that she was raised in and prove that she's different from them uh, you connect with rocket's feelings of self-loathing and self-loathing and uh his kind of crisis of faith you like the fact that groot is a big gentle giant and that he is you know manages to be one of the most valuable members of the team without them even necessarily always knowing what he's saying. Um, you love the, the, you know, that Drax is, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like all of them, you can kind of identify and, and see why you like them uh, apart and also why you like them together. But in this, I mean, they have certain moments where I think that that kind of shines through and they're all giving great performances. But I mean, are you really going to come away from this being like, man, I loved Rick flag or like, man, I want to, you know, I want to go dress up as blood sport for Halloween or something. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not quite as well done. So I think that while it's better than a lot of situations, I think that the memorability of the characters kind of suffers here. They are a little bit more cliched in certain, certain areas, but still, I do think that overall for the movie, while you're watching it, it's not till you kind of think about it later that you're like, oh, I guess they weren't really that unique i wouldn't say uh so you know there is kind of that but still i i definitely don't think that's like a movie breaking complaint or anything and it's really my only one and i think it's kind of just a nitpick to be honest with you i mean it's just really a matter of how much you're expecting out of a movie like this um probably the only complaint i would have besides that is that i think harley is done a pretty extreme disservice in this film uh, I didn't think that her story arc was very interesting at all. In fact, I thought it was pretty weird. Uh, I don't understand why she even a little bit fell for that guy, despite having, I think, just broken up with the Joker. I'm not sure where this really fits in the timeline. But um, but I like the fact that she kills him and stuff, and I like that she escapes by herself and is able to manage all that stuff. But she doesn't really have anything that meaning meaningful to go through, and her arc is just like kind of weird and separate from the rest of the team. And it's just not that well done uh i didn't really like that at all i thought that was kind of a misguided choice and i definitely wish that she could have just had an arc where she was separate from like dealing with another kind of villainous man you know what i mean that's all that harley does in a lot of things and i think it would be so much cooler to see her do something different so that was probably my only major disappointment uh and that would pre probably be something that i think could have been vastly improved upon but still uh, overall, the rest of the movie is definitely firing on all cylinders, and that's a small aspect of it, so it doesn't like really hurt the movie overall for me, but it was something that I definitely noticed while I was watching it.
Uh, Starro also. I liked him as a villain. It's a really, really gross ending uh, when they take him down, and uh, it is it is pretty pretty crazy. I like that the visuals of that uh, whole sequence, but I thought it was pretty well done. They did a good job of doing justice to him from the comics and just going all out with this giant purple starfish. Um, I really liked that they kind of slip in that last thing at the end where he's like, I was happy floating among the stars. It's like, oh, do I kind of feel bad for you even though you're a murderer? I sort of do. So I thought that was a good layer to add in there. That's a... yeah, it's it's very well done. I liked him a lot as a villain. So overall, you can tell I clearly love this movie a lot. I think that this is one of the better DC films, if not uh, the best. It's If it's not the best, it's definitely my favorite still. And um, I would love to watch this again pretty soon. I think this is a fantastic movie. And it is one that I think you should absolutely watch if you haven't already. It is just a lot of fun and it has some really awesome action, some great shots and cinematography. It's colorful, it's poppy, it's fun, and it's just a blast to watch from beginning to end. So if you haven't seen it and you've for some reason listened to this whole way through, uh, I think you should definitely go check it out. And if you have seen it, I, I mean, recommend it to everyone you can let them know this is uh, pretty, pretty awesome. And um, I don't know. I don't yeah I don't I don't know watch watch it again I, I usually say that but I'm normally saying that about an older movie like if you've seen it but it's been a while watch it again but like th- with this I don't really know what to say there so yeah d- do it do with it what you will okay <laughs> Before I get out of here, I want to say that I am grateful for a really awesome day. The day that I watched this was uh, just a great day overall. I had a pretty solid day in terms of like babysitting. The kids had been a little bit much, uh, a lot of crying and fighting the the uh, the time that I babysitted before the day that I watched this. And so they made me a card and they signed it and stuff. And it was really sweet and and very, very cute. I, I, uh, I still have it on my desk actually next to me. I don't really know what to do with it. Uh, Cause I don't want to throw it out and be like mean, but I, you know, it's kind of hard to like, just like keep it. I don't know what to really do with it, but it's, it's such a nice gesture. And uh, so that was really nice. And, and uh, babysitting was, was fun, just, you know, playing video games with, with them for like the whole time. And then diving had a really great practice. That was amazing. And then uh, I got to take the challenger out to the driving range with one of my friends uh, after practice. And then I came back and I watched this and it was just like the perfect day. And so I'm very grateful for everything lining up in such an awesome way. And um, it's just, you know, you don't always get like really, really great days like that where you're like, man, this has just been awesome from start to end. And so I was happy that I got to have one of those days. So that is my grateful. All right, you know the drill. Rate, view, subscribe, review your podcast. Five stars, super helpful. After that, you can go ahead and tell a friend about the show if you think they would enjoy it. Uh, word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the word about the show. So thank you if you've done all that, and thank you in advance if you're going to. But in the meantime, thank you as always for listening. That's the most important thing that you do for me. And yeah, until next time, any questions? And peace.